Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you know that there is no love greater, if you know that there is no love that compare, that man may have failed you, family may have failed you, but there is love that never, it reminds me of the simple song as a kid you sing, Jesus loves me. This I know. Do you know and realize on today that the love of your Savior is there for you? It's a blessed thing. It's a blessed thing. If you're grateful for the love of Jesus, let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise on this morning. On this morning, there is a sweet presence and spirit of God that is in this place. Just to let you know, we kick things off at 945, sometimes earlier than that. We're leading in prayer, leading into our time of worship, and God has truly met us here on this morning. Amen? Amen, 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 amen. Well, I hope you have your Bibles ready. There is a word from the Lord on today. I feel my Pentecostal preaching power coming from my little roots, and so I am grateful for what God is going to do on this place yet again. We give honor to our pastor, the shepherd of this house, Christopher Earl Swims, as he is away on assignment preaching for the uh, installation of Pastor Hill on this morning. So we give blessings to Monroe Baptist and everyone there as well. I would be remiss if I did not give honor to our beautiful mothers looking all beautiful in their white on first Sunday in this morning, to all of our deacons and elders, to our ministers and everyone in their respective places, and to my sugar plum my chocolate drop, my everything, my queen who is at home right now. She is not here. Why is she not here? Why? Because she was my superhero and on February 22nd of 2023, my beautiful baby boy Malachi Jeffrey Ford was born into this world, affectionately known and called Chief the newest baby of the well. So I am a proud papa this morning, knowing that he's at home just eating good, having a good life, just get fed, changed, ain't gotta do a thing. I just look at him and be like, you are so perfect, and I don't even know, you don't even realize it. So I am grateful this morning for that. But as I said, there is a word from the Lord on today, and I don't know if you have noticed, but God has had us in a chokehold. He has just had us in Joshua, and there has just been a rhema word that he has been given. To let you know, we tried to plan out um, sermons and preaching ahead, and we were supposed to be three sayings in to the last sayings of Jesus Christ as he's on the cross leading up to Easter, but we have just had to sit and pause here in Joshua. How many of y'all still have y'all stones? Do y'all still have y'all stones? Are y'all still remembering? Because guess what? We're going to continue going with that. But let's just recap a little bit on today. But before we do, let's go look at the scripture text for today. We're going to be coming from Joshua 10. Joshua 10. Joshua 10. And it will be up on the screen shortly. I forgot. I control the screens. But you got it, Christy. There we go. Praise the Lord. I pulled double duty. Joshua 10 and 12. And it is our custom in the house of the Lord to stand for the reading of his word. So if you are able, physically able, we do ask that you stand at this time. Joshua 10, Joshua 10, Joshua 10 and 12. And it reads as follows. On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ajalon. Again, he said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon. Let us pray. 
Father God, we thank you for today, dear God. I pray, dear God, that you enable me, dear God, as a vessel of your word, dear God, that it may not be me, dear God. I pray, kill, remove, cast down, move away all flesh, all thoughts, dear God. I pray, dear God, that you make me invisible, dear God, that only what the people may see may be your word and the cross, Father God. So I pray, dear God, let your power fall, let your glory fall, and let your word fall, and let there be a word on today, dear God, that will heal, save, and deliver. We thank you for this and it's in your precious son jesus name we pray amen and amen you may have your seats you may have your seats like i said we've been in joshua and just just a quick little recap just to put us back in our perspective of where we are on today we he pastor swim started off with the title moving forward moving forward and it is here we see we know the story of the people of egypt we got moses and he said let my people go and he brought the people out and now they are traveling in the wilderness but they have seen the miraculous hand and the power of god like never before he brought them out of Egypt he enabled them to cross the Red Sea miracles after miracles after miracles but now the man that God had placed as their leader Moses is now dead and now we have Joshua who is coming up through the ranks and the people of God have to move forward but can you imagine the turmoil their leader is gone the people are in disarray, but I love it. Pastor Swim said this, God's powerful and personal and permanent presence is best revealed in low moments. How many of y'all ever felt the power and presence of God at that moment when you were at your lowest? That's when God desires and he designs to show up in your life. Just late in the midnight hour when we need him the most, God comes forward and he helps us and he pushes us forward. I love how the word of Joshua is so strong and powerful, but it is the reminder of God's word. If you are reading and going through Joshua, God repeats consistently and consistently. He says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. I don't know about y'all today, but I feel the power of God when he says that we have to be strong and courageous. Do you understand when you have the voice of God in your ear that is a constant the reminder for you to be strong and courageous oh y'all don't understand that means whatever you are going through in your life you have the promise of his word to be strong and courageous do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go do you understand that it doesn't matter at the highest heights or the lowest low that God is with you? Not only is God with you, but God is for you. There's nothing like knowing that somebody's got your back. But we know that we have an eternal Savior 24-7 who has our back. So we see there in our first, uh, our first sermon there, we're moving forward. Pastor Swims then preached an awesome text talking about launch pad and we came from Joshua 4 and it is at this point now Joshua has taken over but now they are still on their journey to the promised land oh I wonder how many of y'all have a promise from God over your life 
How many of y'all know that God has said something and dictated and has led a path for you? We have doctors in the house. We have lawyers in the house. We have those that are going to be going and growing forward because God has given you a promise. And we see here that he is now launching the people of Israel. And God did it again. Can you imagine almost, anybody ever seen a picture of the Mississippi River or driven over and seen the Mississippi River? How it's big and just wide and just dirty. Can you imagine 50,000 people are now trying to cross a river that is raging, that is running very fast, but God does a miracle yet again. And you would think at this point they would have taken his miracles for granted. You would have think at this point that would have been like, okay, it's just God. It's just what he does. It's just what he's doing. He's helped us over and over again, and oh, it's just nothing. But Joshua says something very important in Joshua 4. He says, in the future, your children would ask. As we said, how many of y'all still have your stones? This was the point where pastor introduced the stones. He said, what do these stones mean? Then you could tell your children, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea. He dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful, and so that you might fear the Lord your God forever. What we fail to realize is that sometimes we have to take our stones and we have to set them up as a reminder of God you were faithful, of God that you've done it before, you will do it again. And not only that, so we can look back and tell our children and say you don't, may not have known it, you may not have been there, but every time you see this rock, know that God brought daddy out. Know that God brought mama out. And because God has done this great thing, he can do do it for you. Pastor Swens put up this quote and it flew over my head. I had to go back and read it again. It says, we don't remember the past great works of God so that we can live in a dreamland of the past. It's not just for us to be like, oh, look. It was so great when God did it. Wasn't it so nice? That's not the purpose of what God has done. We're thinking that the best days of our Christian experience is behind us. Oh, God, I know you saved me back then, but where are you now? Oh, God, I know you've done all these great things. But we remember them as a point of faith so that we can trust God for greater and greater. That is the purpose of God's miracles and God's plans and the stones in our lives that we look back and see, God, you can do it again because of your past faithfulness. We have to take hold of that and has to be an encouragement to our faith in our Christian walk that, God, if you did it before, you will do it again so we see that he has now launched the people of Israel across the Jordan but oh then we get to this part in Joshua 6 where God had guaranteed victory he says in Joshua 6 and 2 but the Lord said to Joshua I have given you Jericho oh we know the story of Jericho there's the walls of Jericho it was big it was impenetrable they could not make it through but God gave them a promise he said I have given you Jericho what we fail to miss and realize why we struggle with things that we struggle through in life is because we forget to stand on the promises of God 
God, that God has spoken a word to us. So how dare we be afraid? How dare we be timid? How dare we back down and not realize that the promise, though, has a responsibility? Ooh, that's one of those Christian curse words. We want God just to do it all. Yet again, like I said, my baby boy Malachi, just a few days old, he has no responsibility. But some of us are infants in the faith that we expect God to come by and feed us. We expect God to come by and change our diapers. We expect God to do each and every single thing for us. But we have to realize that if God has given you a promise, he has given you a responsibility. So God gave him in his word. He said, march around the city seven, for seven days they marched around but on the seventh day they marched around seven times and with a shout the walls of Jericho fell down do you see what happens when we're obedient to the word of God that he is able to tear down the walls that may be in your life when we are able to see that God's word has a promise and when we follow his promise we can see that the walls in our life will come down but I love this illustration that Torrin Wells said he said the that not only has God never lost a battle in our lives, God has never lost a battle. He is undefeated, but God never wastes a battle. Oh my gosh, I hope you can see it, that he has never lost a battle, but he doesn't waste a battle. You thought that the fight you went through was for nothing, but get this, scholars say this is what happened when Jericho happened. They marched around the wall seven times. On the seventh time, they shouted, and the walls came crumbling down. But do you not realize that it was the very same walls that fell were the very same walls they walked over to get into Jericho and to see victory. What you need to realize that the walls in your life, even though they may have been obstacles, even though they may have been setbacks, are the very same thing that God is going to allow you to walk over and to see your victory. Do you realize? I may just be preaching to myself, but it makes me happy when I think about how God has guaranteed victory in my life. Kurt, how could you stand tall over through all that you've been through? It's because I know God has a promise and I'm responsible to that promise so I will see that this is why I will be grateful because he never wastes a battle and he has guaranteed victory. I really need some of y'all to receive that on this morning. You may be going through things in your life and the outlook may look bleak. You may not know how that bill's going to get paid at the end of the month. You may not know how that health diagnosis is going to come out. But if you are able to stand firm on the word of God and know that he said you have already won, what are you worried about? The Bible says be anxious for nothing, but in prayer and suffering Supplications, make your requests known unto God. So we have to stand as we already have the victory. How dare us be timid and allow the devil to put pressure on us to make us think that God can't do it. We have our stones. If we remember that he's done it before, we can stand on the firm foundation that is the word of God. But, but, it happens that after our greatest victories sometimes, after our greatest triumphs, when we feel like we've achieved it and we've made it and we've accomplished what God has called us to do, Pastor Swims taught us that, hey, it, there are lessons from our losses that unfortunately, as the young folks like to say, sometimes you got to take the L. You got to hold that loss. 
We see here now in Joshua 7, they have just had another awesome, mighty miracle and move of God by the walls of Jericho coming down. They're walking in and taking the guaranteed victory. But yet again, God's promise has a responsibility. God's promise has our human responsibilities that we have to do. He said, hey, when you go in, destroy everything. Don't take nothing. Down to the fleas of the donkeys. Let everything be destroyed. Oh, but there's this greedy brother. Oh, we know some of them. <laughs> this greedy brother named Achan. Achan now, because of Achan's sin, there was now a curse on the camp. Joshua was wondering, oh, wait. What's going on? We're going to the next battle in AI. He sends his scouts ahead. The men are like, oh, we just need about two or 3,000 people. We ain't even got to bring the whole army. Y'all stay home, watch Netflix. As Pastor says, catch up on BMF, whatever your favorite show is. Just chill, relax. Let's take a few little people. We're going to take over AI. They go to take over AI, and they're defeated. And Joshua's like, God, what has happened? How can you allow this to happen? How can you do this for your great name? And God says, whoa, 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 hold up, wait a minute. That's because someone has some sin in their life. Someone has something secret and uncovered. Someone is holding something back. And we have to realize that before we can move forward in life, we've got to remove the sin from our lives. Oh, we'd be remiss. Pastor would be remiss. I would be remiss if I stood up and told you that God's going to do it. That if you just name it and claim it and turn around and do this and buy the holy water and sprinkle this on yourself, that it's going to be done. No, but sometimes we have to do a self-examination and say, God, what part of me is causing your glory not to be revealed in my life? What part of me is holding back your presence and your power? Because guess what? If we really have a desire for God, we should be able to see like, ah, that's secret sin oh the one I don't tell nobody about the one I don't write in my journal the one I don't post on Facebook the one that I am hiding for myself I need to get rid of that sin and cast it out it's with that that I love the illustration um, that we go forward now that there's victory after defeat after now we see the next lesson in Joshua 8 after they got rid of the sin in their life, that reminds me of Hebrew 12, where it says, let us lay aside every weight that so easily beset us, even the sin that easily trips us up, that we have to understand that in running this race, in this marathon called life, that we can't keep going in there with the wrong equipment. We're sitting here trying to go through life, but we got the wrong equipment on. We are holding on to this weight and to the sin, and it is holding you back from achieving what all God has said you can do. But I said this yesterday. I'm reminded of this illustration. I was in college. I know I put on a little weight now. I'm a little husky now, but I used to be a slim athletic guy. I could run, dunk. You know it, Nathan. We used to hoop all the time. And But, I, you know, them days is a little bit behind me, but maybe the Lord will give it back. Glory to God. Um, but... As a freshman, 2003, 20 years ago, in Schneider, 16 stories, what me and my roommate would do, we would go all the way down to the bottom floor. We would put ankle weights on our ankles. And then we would start because we said we want to run fast, we want to jump higher. So we'd run all the way up, 16 flight of stairs to the top. And then we'd get in the elevator to come back down. And all you saw was two black men like, <sighs> 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 and so people would come like, what is going on here? 
But what they saw was this weight that was slowing us down, this weight that was burning us, this weight that caused us to look like we were at the point of exhaustion. But there was something amazing that happened, that once we took off the weight and once we stepped onto the basketball court, no longer were we held back by the weight, but now the weight had done something. It developed something in us. It pushed us further. It gave us what we needed to be better. Why? Because your past failures strengthen your future race. Your past failures will push you forward. When you realize that I should take off the weight of sin, I should take off the bitterness, the despair, the anger, the depression, the guilt, and I move forward in the grace that God has from us, and I take those things off, that's when we can finally see victory even after the defeat. So all that was a nice little recap to get us to where we are in our text today. And I promise I'm not going to be before you long. We're going to get out of here quick. We're going to get back to all the good stuff. You know, Pastor Swims, who's going to Giant City today? I can't go because I got to go home to my baby. But I'm going to order me some Giant City and probably have it delivered. But we see we're in our text here in Joshua 10. It's at this point, and I love it, when we're looking at the text here, that the great name of God has now started to spread throughout the land. I hear you, Holy Ghost. There is something that when God's great name could reach places that you can't even reach, that when God hears, they say, did you hear about so-and-so, how she got her new job and a new car, and where'd she get that new weed from? Why? Because the greatness of God has now brought your name in places where you haven't been. God has a power and a way to spread his glory quicker and farther than we could. And we see here now that the people of Israel in chapter 9, they had taken over Gibeon. Gibeon now had came and said, hey, let us be servants unto you. So they took on Gibeon. Now, all these kings in the surrounding areas, this is where you read in the Bible, the Jebusites, the Abbeysites, the Amorites, all the ites, are now coming together like, hold on a second. These people of Israel, they're making some noise. They're doing something pretty great and pretty amazing. So five kings now said, hey, let's join up and defeat them before they get a chance to grow stronger. They are now plotting on the demise of what God has been doing. And it's this that I realize that it's usually after your greatest victory is when you'll face your greatest test. Oh, you have to know that when God is elevating you, when God is pushing you, that's when you're going to see that the, there now has become new tests and new trials and new tribulations. And I have to be honest and say this. Me and Pastor was talking about this, but we are seeing that now there are more attacks that are coming against Hopewell and his body and his believers and the people. Why? Because the devil is now getting angry. And he says, how dare Hopewell start to think that God is going to do something big? How dare Hopewell believe? that we are on the edge of miracles how dare they have the audacity to think that they could be victorious do they not know I am the one who roams and seeking who I may devour so the devil is busy and just here in the text we see that now the enemy is busy and trying to test them even after their greatest victory and it's at this point now some of the people start to get a little bit worried some of the people start to hear the rumors, oh, they're coming for us. And dare I say, that how some of us may be at late at night, when we start to think, oh, no, what am I going to do? I messed up. I made my mistakes. I know I should have went left when God told me, but I still probably went right. 
And we see that now fear can kick in. And it's funny that no matter how good God has been to us, that we will find a way to let doubt and fear give us spiritual amnesia for all that God has done. We let the fear and the doubt seep into our heart and no longer do we stand on the promises of God, but now we're worried and afraid like a scared little cat in the corner wondering, woe is me and what must I do? How am I going to get past this? But I love yet again Joshua who was standing on the word of God who has always said to him, be strong and very courageous and in this Joshua is like no Joshua says I want all the smoke oh I don't care who's coming for me I don't care who's up against me what y'all words y'all bringing this worry unto me and we have to have the fortitude and the spirit of Joshua that when those people come and say well how you think you're gonna make it how you think you're gonna be bringing out well you can say I don't know how I'm gonna make it but I know a way maker I know a deliverer I know one who has done it before see you don't know what this stone means but this stone to me has value and because of that Joshua we see wants all the smoke and in Joshua 10 and 8 Yet again, God says this, the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Do you not understand that in your lowest moment that God will speak a word into your heart, into your life, as long as your ear is ready and willing? Joshua stood firm in his faith and he heard the word of God. Do not be afraid. What is that thing that has you hold on to fear? Oh, all of us has that thing that we're afraid of. We may stand strong in the spotlight, but there is something that causes us to be afraid and timid. But we have to understand the promise and the power of God because we missed it here. God did two things. He said, do not be afraid. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. He gives them a command and a promise. We got to see that when God speaks, he gives us a command and a promise. And when we follow his word, we can stand on his promises. When we follow the command of God and it is tied to the promise of God, that's how we know the formula for our victory is there. He said simply, do not be afraid. That is a command. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. That is a command. That is the word of God. So anytime fear comes into our life, we need to have a spiritual and mental bodyguard that reminds ourselves that I do not have the spirit of fear. I may fear, feel fearful, but I know that he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. So I stand on his word. When we follow his word, we can stand on his promises. That's why the word of God says, now unto him. Him, who is able to keep you from falling. That is the promise of his word. We see that David says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Y'all just do not get it. I am standing in a place where I am confident in the word of God that there is nothing, no human, no devil, no imp, no demon, no succubus can say unto me. Why? Because I am a child of God. I have his word on my back and I'm standing on the promises of God. This is the power 
of his presence. This is the power of his word. We have been declaring that we are on the edge of miracles. I know in my life, I am standing on the precipice of what God is about to do in my life. So how dare I be afraid? Yes, it may look big. Yes, it may look far. Yes, it may look wide. But I know that I have a God that is for us. And it still could be that many of us with our sanctified self can stand back and say, well, cool. If God said it, I'll just wait. Yeah. Okay, cool, God. You said, okay, I'll, I'll follow your word. You said, don't be afraid of them. I've given them into your hand. Cool, God. You do it, big shot. You do it, big guy. But no, 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 no. That's where we make the mistake because Joshua showed us in verse 9, he says, after an all-night march from Gigal, Joshua took them by surprise. Joshua wasn't content just to hear the word of God, but he knew that even though he had a promise, he still has a responsibility. Oh, it is our human right that not only do we hear the promises of God, but now we act on faith on the promises of God. I love it. If you look anywhere in the New Testament, that anywhere that Jesus performed a miracle, that the person who received the miracle did not just stand there, but there was an action of their faith. Don't believe me? Let's look at the 12 lepers. Jesus called the lepers and said, you are healed. And what did the Bible record? As they went, they were healed. It took an action of their faith. So I have to stand here today and say, where is your action of faith? Wake up, oh, you sleeper. How dare you stand there and just wait for God to do something like he's not ready, already waiting there and able, but we have to take the action of faith. So Joshua realized this. When he heard the word of God, he did not just stand there, but it records that all night he went. It's recording that the distance he traveled took eight to ten hours in the middle of the night to go over 20 miles that he was pursuing the word of God. How many of us are able to pursue the word of God. We hear a good preached word on Sunday. You may tune into Monday morning prayer call. You may even come to our uh, growing stronger Bible study. But how many of us take the personal action to pursue the word of God? Oh, I got to take a second and step on some toes and say, what does your devotion life look like? What does your prayer life look like? What does your communication with your Lord and Savior look like? Is it only a cry when I'm in trouble? Is it only a cry when I need something? Or it is the realization that, God, I have a human responsibility, that I will take the preached word that I hear on Sunday, I will hide the word in my heart that I may not sin against thee, but then I'm going to go forward and I'm going to do something about the word that you have given me. So we see here Joshua and his army now responding to the word of God. Joshua 10 and 10. It says, the Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going up to Beth Horon and cut them down all the way to Azekah and Makeda. As they fled before Israel on the road from Beth Horon to Ezekiah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them and catch this, 
More of them died from the hail than were killed by the sword of the Israelites. <laughs> See, y'all missed it so quick, but let me explain it right there. It's not only that God helps those who help themselves, but God wants to partner with you in seeing his promises come to hand. Because understand this, Joshua did his part. He rode all night and he got them and they were confused and they started slaying them left and right. But God said, cool, Joshua, I see you did your part. Now step back and watch me be God. And God sent hailstones that took out the enemy more than Joshua could with his army and with his might. What we need to realize that what God wants to do in your life, it's more than you can do for yourself. We sometimes got to stop thinking that we can do it all by ourselves. That if I'm just strong enough, if I just work hard enough, if I just put in enough effort. But God says, can you trust me? And that in trusting me and in following my words, I can do more than you could ever think. That he can do more than we are ever capable of because we see that he followed the word of God. Israel pursued them. The enemy fled. God sent hailstones and more of them died than they can pursue. We have to follow the word of God because it's simple. It says that if God be for me, who can be against me? If God is on my side, if he is Jehovah Nisi, the banner over me, he is still El Shaddai, the God that can do so much more. All that is great. All that is awesome. All that was enough that I said, God, that's a great sermon. Let me put it in the bag, ship it, and let us go home. But I had to keep reading a little bit further. And Joshua does something that this whole sermon, this whole message, this whole impromptu series is about. And it says, Joshua 10 and 12. Now imagine. They pursued, followed his word. Israel is chasing the enemies on the run. God has slain the enemies. But he says this, Joshua, on the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, son, stand still over Gibeon and you moon over the valley of Ajalon. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like, Joshua, you already got the victory. I'm like, the enemy's on the run. The sun is starting to go down. They got no flashlights back then. You know, they didn't have no tiki torches. They didn't have no spotlights, nothing like that. They didn't have night vision goggles to still take out the enemy. Normally, it's at this point when the battle is over, you take your wounded and sneak away. And they'd be like, oh, okay, they got away. Let's let them go. But Joshua, Joshua remembered his stone. Joshua Joshua remembered God's promise. What was God's promise? God said, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. See, God, see, Joshua did something and he held on to that word. He heard Joshua say, God, you said not one of them? You mean not a single one? Wait, so it's getting dark, but, but God, if you said not a single one, 
and it's getting dark. What am I, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to accomplish this great thing that you said? But because guess what? I know you're God enough and I know I have to stand on your word. So what, what, what's going to happen? What, what's going on? Joshua now, at this point, he prays a big and bold prayer. He said, in the presence of Israel, sun stands still over Gibeon and you moon over the valley of El Jayon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemy. Can you imagine this powerful and miraculous miracle that took place that Joshua prayed and the sun stopped. The sun literally stopped moving. Well, Kurt, how could you explain this? How can this happen? Please know I have a scientific brain and I love it. I could tell you how the dinosaurs existed. I could tell you how the, uh, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the, the oceans were formed and all these things from a scientific and spiritual perspective. But this one kind of boggles my mind because when we think about it, the earth revolves around and it moves around in the solar system. How is the sun able to stand still? And I know you may be wondering, you see it says up there, I did you I dare you what is that about okay well I like little funny sermon illustrations so I'm gonna let you know what I dare you is how many of y'all ever been on the playground as a kid and y'all remember that point someone will come up to you be like I dare you I bet you won't go and take this I bet you won't go knocking the door and run away I dare you I double dog dare you I triple dare you well today I dare you <laughs> today I dare you, just like Joshua, to believe God to do the impossible. I dare you to believe God to make the sun stand still in your life. See, it's for only of those who believe, who've been through just like Joshua has been through things, how the people of Israel have been through things, that guess what? I see my stones. God, I see what you've done before. So I'm able now to pray this big and bold prayer. And some of y'all are getting twisted and looking at me like you're crazy what do you mean I'm supposed to pray a prayer so big as the sun should stand still but I need you to realize this and Pastor Stephen Furchick said this if the size of your need that you seems that seems too big for you it's just the right size for God what you need to realize if the size of your need seems like God how can I do this God how can I make it so God how can I chase down all my enemies and it's getting darker but let me pray this big and bold prayer to sun stand still oh that's fine y'all can look at me crazy but I'm about to preach myself happy here real quick let me give you a personal testimony of what God has done when I prayed a sun stand still prayer when I was able to stand and say God I I dare you. When I was able to stand and say, I, God, I dare you to be God enough, this is what happened. Understand, it was around May 2021. My wife and I, we found out she was pregnant. Oh my gosh, we were so happy. We were supposed to feel with joy. We shared it with a few friends and family. We was making plans and dreaming big, but you're still in the math. Kurt, you just had a baby a couple days ago. You said that was May 2021. My God. A few weeks later, tragedy struck. I haven't told many people this. I haven't let a lot of people know, but she had a miscarriage. And my God, my heart was broken. I said, God, how 
dare you? God, how dare you fill me with such joy and excitement, thinking that life was about to come into this world, and I was ready to be a father again. And the pain of it now even breaks my heart to think and see my wife go through that loss, to see my family go through that loss. And oh my God, it seemed like after that, trial after trial after trial kept happening in our lives. Kids acting crazy, finances going crazy, don't know what to do. Literally, I'm sitting there saying, I see why some men go walk and get bread and never come back home. Hurt! A pain, a void that nothing could fill, but it was one Saturday. Oh, I remember this Saturday. It was so vivid. I'm here cleaning the church, and I am just weeping, and I am mourning, and I am crying. And my wife comes in, and she's weeping, and she's mourning. And it's just the two of us here. I clean the church by myself, just sitting here cleaning up the church. And it is at that point, sitting right there on that pew, that we stood there and we said, God, there has to be a purpose for this pain. God, there has to be a reason why you are allowing us to go through all this turmoil and pain in our life and it was at that moment I said God I dare you that if you are still God in my life I need you to turn things around I need you to make the sun stand still in my life and give me a moment to see the victory and the power of God and what I need to tell you is you fast forward one year later my wife is pregnant again but not only is she pregnant she has the same exact due date that she was supposed to have a year before you cannot tell me and I dare you to stand there and sit there like God is not able to make the sun stand still in your life you have to be bold enough you have to have enough strength to say God I know that you are able to do something bigger and better so God I dare you no I double dog dare you God to make the sun stand still in my life so I am here to challenge you and tell you on today I dare you to believe God to do the impossible. I dare you to believe God to make the sun stand still in your life. We are preaching and saying that we are on the edge of miracles. So how dare we be on the edge of a miracle and not trust the faithfulness of God? We need to declare it. We need to live and stand on his word. But catch this. Catch this, Joshua was so bold, he not only said it to God, but he said it in the presence of all of Israel. He said, God, I need a little bit more time to accomplish what you said, so I need the sun to stand still. What you need to know, that it is not over until it's done. It is not over until God has given you the victory. It is not over until the promises have happened. You need to understand that I just don't want to see it happen. I want to make it happen. <coughs> God, use me to be a vessel and an instrument of your miracle. See, that's the part that we miss. We expect God to do the miracle on our behalf. But do you know that God wants to work a miracle through you? Do you not want to know that God wants to use you to be a miracle maker? He wants to use you to be a way maker. Do you not know, as he said, deliverance is in your hand. So 
But will you pursue it? Will you chase after it? Hope well. We are on the verge of God doing something mighty and amazing in this place, in this city, globally, intercontinentally. He is going to do something great. <clears throat> but it is now time that we need the saints of God to understand it is not just about who's up here preaching, but that the power that God has given inside of you, the Holy Ghost that he has put on the inside of you to make ways that he has enabled you to do mighty and great things. So I stand here on today and I dare you to trust God. I dare you to believe that God is able that from this day forward, that from this moment forward, we see it, we have our rocks. If you don't have one, you can grab a rock on your way out. Put it at your desk, put it by your bed, as a kid, I had the rocks before I did this. I did this before when I was a kid. I put the rock on my pillow so that when I laid down at night, my head would hit the rock and remind me, God, I got to pray to thank you for what you've done. And then after I prayed, I'll take that rock and I'll put it at my feet at the bed so that when I stepped out, I would step on the rock. And I would say, God, I'm reminded that I still have to trust you and pray to you. <laughs> Y'all don't understand because when we have reminders of what God has done in our lives, we have no choice but to lean but to trust and to depend on him. Pastor has said it. You could take any sheet of paper, but it's time since we're on the edge of miracles. You need to start coming, and you need to put that piece of paper. It doesn't matter when you do it, how you do it, before service, after service, doing service, but we need to track the history of what God has done in Hopewell. So guess what? If God has done and made a son still, oh, no, let me take it back. We've done it before. We put the prayer request. But I need to challenge you a step forward that, hey, what is that big thing, that impossible thing that you need to dare God for? What is that thing that you need to be bold about? And no, don't just put it on Facebook, but that you tell those people when it comes, hey, can I come over and spend the night? Oh, uh, no, sun stands still. I don't do that no more. Hey, can I borrow $100? Hey, sun stands still. I don't do that no more. I'm saving for a car. Hey, you want to go out? No, son, stand still. I'm believing God to finish this degree. What are those things that you are going to stand for it and declare, God, I need you to do this based on your promises. But not only that, we need to fill this place up with the testimonies of God's greatness that we, we, we've lost that in the church where we forget to give testimony. And I get it because I could pass this mic around and we'd be here till tomorrow and next Sunday talking about the goodness of God. But we still want to be able to see and record that if God has done something in your life, we need to let the devil know, hey, we are not going to be silent about it. We're going to rejoice and say, God, look, you did it again. You have done it again. You have done it again. So it's at the time, though, that I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe that there are a few of you in here that you have a sun stand still prayer, that you have a sun stand still request. It may even be something so big and so bold you've been afraid to speak it. You've been afraid to say it. You've been afraid to walk in the truth of it because what I don't want to be exposed to it because guess what? It still hurts. There's still some pain attached to it. 
But I hope that I hope that I hope that I hope that through the word of God, not my words, not my flesh, but through the word of God that you are encouraged this morning to know and believe that if I take a step and I'm responsible, that I could believe God to have a son stand still moment. Do you understand the power of prayer? Jesus said to his disciples, if you speak unto this mountain and say, be thou removed into the sea, that it shall happen. He told them that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. We are on the edge of miracles. You are on the edge of miracles. But can you believe God to do the impossible? So it's at this time that as Joshua said to the Lord and as Joshua said to the people of Israel, he declared, son, stand still. I wonder if we have anybody here that is bold enough to pray a prayer of faith and to rush and bombard this altar and just to say, God, as an act of faith, I am coming to this altar, not to put my business on front street because no one's going to hear what you say between you and God, but it is your act of faith. So at this time, the altar is open. At this time, if you need prayer, if you need someone to stand with you for your son's standstill moment, our ministers and elders and our prayer workers are coming to the altar at this time. Do not forsake this moment that if you have a need or a request from God that you need to come and we're clapping, we're clapping, we're clapping in anticipation.